Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes podcast. We are on podcast episode number 87. And today I'm excited to introduce you to Carrie Beck. And Carrie Beck is awesome. I'm so excited that she's here today. And actually, Carrie, I didn't mention this to you earlier, but I realized I think I read one of your books, like probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Oh no! Back when it was a PDF file, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, this lady's got it all together," and that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I know people sometimes think that about us, and it's cool. So, anyway, Carrie is a longtime homeschool mom of three, and Carrie, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I, we would love to hear your story. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for having me. This is exciting. And oh my gosh, you never know what stories you're going to hear. Some of my uh, students are like that I help with homeschooling. They're like, oh, yes, I read every one of your emails. And I'm like, oh, really? Why? You know, but, um, I, you know, it does make me feel like, okay, well, then the things I'm sharing actually are helping because I like to be real. I like to share things that work, but I will tell you some of my failures too. And I've probably been a lot more transparent in the last six to eight years as well. But, um, we, well, for, I'll just back up a little bit. We have three kids. They're all grown. Um, and we've got four grandkids, um, three granddaughters and one grandson. So it's sort of fun to start, um, start over a little bit. You know, they're all on their own journey and, you know, some may homeschool, some may not. I don't know, but that's their decision. I know what we did worked is where we felt like it was supposed to be there. But I was a public school teacher for six years. Um, and then when I was uh, when I had my first daughter, I quit and I stayed at home. And then when it came time for school, I mean, homeschooling was nowhere in our minds. That was like the last thing we were ever going to do. I didn't say it publicly. My husband would say it publicly or in his Sunday school lessons. And I was like, okay, but um, I just thought homeschoolers were too lazy to get up and take their kids to school. So that was, um, so they went to kindergarten, but by about fourth grade, it was not a good situation. I mean, I just think God made it so miserable for us that, that we didn't have any other options. They went to a private Christian school, but my oldest was being picked on by some of the other girls. And so we just ended up pulling them home. And well, actually Hunter went to kindergarten over there and that gave me one year to figure out what was homeschooling. And everyone was like, you're a public school teacher. You'll be great. And I have to tell you that um, I learned, I have learned more about education as a homeschool mom than I have a master's in curriculum and instruction. I can write curriculum. I can read it upside down any way you want. I can read those scope and sequences, but I would say I, I seriously have learned more about education, true education as a homeschool mom and so I did have to sort of fumble my way through things. I started out following something called Charlotte Mason. I don't know what your people know. And then I tumbled into classical education and we ended up, we ended up homeschooling for 10 years. 
And, um, but about five years into it, I actually started pulling all the things that I knew about education and following what I call a Christian leadership model. It's not really a real popular one, but I wanted my kids to be leaders. And that was one reason with the superheroes. And like when I hear you're a hero, I think leaders can be heroes. And so we began to homeschool with more purpose and more intention as we did that. So we homeschooled for 10 years. My two oldest, my Ashley and Gentry, both graduated from homeschooling and went on to get college degrees. And then Hunter was a sophomore in high school. We were moving back from Idaho, back into our home in Texas. Um, we had been up there for four years for my husband to go to seminary. And, oh, he wanted to go to Christian school, mostly for sports reasons. And this mama here was like having a hard time letting go. And I was like, oh, really? And God just worked on my heart the whole whole summer. And then we finally agreed, okay, Hunter, you can go, but you also know there is no room in that class. Like it is a waiting list. And so week before school, we I said, Hunter, you just got your driver's permit. Why don't you drive me over there? We'll turn the application in. So I got, so we got over there and he's waiting in the car and I get into the office and I said, I just want to turn Hunter's application in. I know there's a waiting list. And the lady said, oh, come in here. Let's just a second. Let me get everything straight. Make sure I have everything. And she gets on the computer and she says, well, Carrie, there's a spot. One of the girls dropped out last night. And I just thought, oh my gosh, what more sign can you have that this is the right thing? And I share this story because I think sometimes we think homeschooling is the only way. And it is awesome. I love it. I promote it. But sometimes there are other things that may be best for our children. Hunter made guy friends that he is still guy friends with. He is 29 now. And some of his best friends were going to that private Christian school at that time. And his three best friends are ones that still connect on the phone on a regular basis. So I just know that was where he needed to be. Um, he had male teachers. He had sports. And I think he just fully blossomed through all of that. So I'm just saying, just be open every single year to what you think is best for your kids. So that's a little bit about me. I will say I also help homeschool moms. We have How to Homeschool My Child. That's a website. I have some um, courses that help people learn how to homeschool. But that's just, you know, I can tell you about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. And I love hearing your journey of how you got there because I was very similar. I was like, I'm not homeschooling. That's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, you know, life just has a different idea or God, you know, <laughs> and, and I also love that you bring up that story too, about, you know, sometimes we get so stuck into thinking homeschool is the only way, but really I like to teach that we're not homeschool teachers, we're homeschool guides. And sometimes that just means we're taking responsibility for our children's education in the sense that we're going to guide them. I mean, we ultimately want them to take responsibility for their education, but sometimes guiding them means letting go of our pre preconceived ideas of what the journey should let, look like and let them go on their own journeys too, which is hard. <laughs> that is so true. And I really like what you say, because one of the things that we were intentional with, with our older children, I mean, when they were older, like teenagers, you use the word ownership. That's what I wanted them to do. I didn't want them listening to mom and just doing what mom told them to do. I wanted to say, hey, 
and when they were freshmen in high school, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And every Monday we sat down and they planned out their week and I walked with them. And over the year and the next few years, I just kept letting go and letting go and letting go. So by the time they were a senior, they were really planning. They were leading in their home school. They were taking ownership in it as well. Yeah. And, you know, doing that is sounds really hard and scary to let the, to trust them, to make choices <laughs> and to do things that maybe you wouldn't have chosen, but it doesn't mean we can't also still have boundaries, but, you know, at the same time, it actually makes it a lot easier for you as mom, when you can learn how to let go and trust them. Um, but it also makes it way better of a, for them, for a learning and growth opportunity too. Cause I was thinking about this. I'm like, I have seven kids. Oh, I, don't, gosh. <laughs> I don't have time to micromanage them all. <laughs> How old are they? That I have my kids range in age from 11 up to 28. So I have four oh, graduated and, and three left. So, yeah. So I, you know, that was part of the reason why I was like, okay, I got to try this ownership thing out <laughs> and trusting, <laughs> trusting you guys. To, to make your own decisions here. Um, and, but partly too, I knew that was going to be better for them in the long run, even though mentally, emotionally, it's hard, hard to do. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. How do we, how do you trust your kids to make good choices? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things. One thing that I just said, I will tell you when I was in the middle of it, because I had moms say, well, are your kids going to go to college? And I said, well, I don't know when we get to that point, if that's where they need to go, they will. Because I felt like, well, when I think the school system wants you to choose when you're like 12 years old, what you're going to do. My son graduated from college and he goes, mom, I still don't know what I want to do. And I mean, he got a job and he is pursuing all of that and everything. But I just think we need to let him be kids sometimes as well. The other thing is sometimes once they got out of high school and looking back, that's when I really realized, okay, what we did was working. But when I was in the midst of it, you know, again, I am a person of faith, so I trust God. And I'm just like, okay, then this is what I think we should do. This is where I feel like he's leading us. So, but I will tell you, all of my kids told me after uh, high school, Mom, thank you so much for what you did with us. We were so much more prepared for college. Gentry and I were driving to my parents one time, and I think she was a junior in college. And she said, she told me that. She goes, thank you so much for what you did in high school with us. My friends were not prepared at all for college. And I was so much more well-prepared. And that included the ownership but she also, in her ownership, she learned time management skills, study skills, is more than academics. She wasn't saying, I knew everything that I needed to know in biology so she could take the anatomy course in college. But she had the tools of learning. She knew how to study. And she, did, she wasn't completely dependent on a teacher. She was freed from that teacher and could move on in life. So one of the things that we did, I did say when they were freshmen, um, I used before that I would give them like a little lesson plan every week and you know with the days and the subjects and it was, it was, so, it was just an Excel spreadsheet but they could just check it off and they knew they were done for the day 
But when they got around 13, I gave them the spreadsheet and I said, okay, what are we going to do? You start filling it in. And then they started writing it. I didn't just let them go. I walked with them, especially that whole ninth grade year. And we, we would plan their week together. And really by the end, even by January, they got the hang of it and knew what they were, needed to do. So that was one thing. The other thing is we let our kids make choices on school subjects. And some of your listeners may be shocked, but um, my daughter Ashley did not finish Algebra 2. She did not like math. In fact, I don't know, whenever she was in Algebra 2, she would just argue with me about everything. And my husband finally said, it's over. I am now your math teacher. And he basically from March till May took over math because he was just sick of the, the arguing and she just kept going back and forth. And she's a sweet person. I mean, I love her, but you know, it was just one of those things like this. Well, she never finished algebra two. She never took an SAT. She never took an ACT. She got a college degree in a year and a half. And some of that is because she did distance learning and she took CLEP tests. And we hired a coach for her for at least six months just to get her going. So she followed, that was her journey. And she, like I said, didn't finish Algebra two. Gentry was like, I am going to a four-year college and I am doing whatever. And so she actually went to a, a local community college for a year and a half. And then she finished at Texas A&M and got her degree there. Now, she knew she needed certain subjects in high school because, I mean, we just would talk about things like that. It wasn't like I said, okay, let's go look at this. You know, it was just our conversation. So she did that. And then Hunter took the college, went through the private Christian school, and they actually could take classes at the community college. And so he had some classes ahead of time. He could take an English test. He got his freshman, all, all this freshman stuff done before then. And, and he got a college degree also in four years. So part of that's because we said we will pay for four years. After that, you have to pay yourself. But um, so those are some things. I will tell you one other thing. Um, they, Ashley and Gentry were very into astronomy. And so in high school, we found an astronomy course for them. And most high school kids don't have astronomy on their transcript. Well, there was a guy that lived about 30 minutes away from us and he taught an online class. So every week they would get on this online class, but then throughout the class, they could go out to his farm and look at the stars and actually experience. It wasn't just a book knowledge. And so we did look for things like that to let them pursue whatever they were interested in. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I love, you know, that you're, when your kids come back and they say, you know, thank you. <laughs> they don't, yes. <laughs> thank you for doing what you did because it was certainly the road less traveled, but I can see why you did it. And, and I was glad you did it now. And, you know, I've, I've had some of my kids say that and some haven't yet, but you know, <laughs> it'll come. <laughs> but really, you know, when we're letting our kids take ownership for their education, you know, it may, it may prepare them for college, but really it's preparing them for life too, like you're saying with so many of these life skills, because so many times I think in this, in our culture of public school education, it's all about doing what somebody tells you to do all the time. And, and you don't really learn to make your own decisions sometimes of how you're going to spend your time or what you're going to do next or, or what interests you, because it, it, yeah, it just makes it hard <laughs> to, 
when you, because I remember this after I graduated from college, I struggled because I didn't have anybody there telling me what to do. And I was just like feeling like I was wasting so much time, which I probably was because I was like, I don't even know what to do. And so I was thinking, yeah, we got to help our kids figure that out and, and figure out how to make decisions and that it's okay to sometimes make wrong decisions because you will, you're human, you know? And, you know, even like what you're saying with the math, we're thinking sometimes we have that struggle with our kids with math and they don't want to do it. And we're thinking, but you just have to, right? (laughs) It's going to be so much better if you do just make yourself do it. But at the same time, sometimes it might be okay to let them choose not to do it because when they're ready and when they need it, they will learn it. That is okay. I have a story for you. Um, Hunter, Hunter loved math, but when he was in first grade or kindergarten, um, there's a couple Harvey and Lori Blue Dorn who taught, wrote the book, Teaching the Trivium. And they came to our town to give some um, workshops and they were staying at our home. And he was in first grade kindergarten. And she says, why are you having him do those whatever addition facts test? I was like, well, just because I should. And she's like, and I had read their book and they did not believe math. They believed languages were what you needed to do when their kids were young. And when your children could develop abstract thinking, you moved into math. And they look at history and up really until our modern school system, math wasn't taught until later. And so, so I took Hunter off of math. And he didn't start till sixth grade. He caught up in a year and a half. Now, that wasn't really his choice. If I'd given him math, he would have been fine with it. But I say that to let people know that really all of that five years, he finished in a year and a half. And then when he went to that school as a sophomore, he won the math award in that high school as a sophomore. So there's one thing. At the same time, Gentry did not like math. I mean, and complain. She couldn't learn or she didn't learn the times table. She would have failed school if you had to pass the times facts test. I bought everything I could find to get her to learn those times tests. So she was in sixth grade, maybe. I don't know, somewhere around then. And I took her off of math for the rest of the year. When she came back, I said, it was seventh grade. I gave her the times table. I said, use it anytime you want. We're going to just keep moving on. And so we did. Uh, By algebra, she knew her times tables. I think she was so sick of looking up the answers. And she is a a language read. She loved to read. But fast forward in college, she actually tutored some of her friends in math. She still doesn't like math, but she learned how to do math so that she could use that, that skill as well. So I say there's all different ways that you can I think you're just so right because it's like we we don't have to do everything all the time. Yeah, and sometimes as moms, we think this is a race where, <laughs> oh no, my kid's getting behind, you know, but no, it's a journey. And if we let them go at their own pace, they're gonna get there and they're gonna learn what they need to learn. And I have math stories like that too. I mean, I have <laughs> one child who just really hated it, but then in 10th grade, she decided she wanted to learn it and she you know, she'd just been avoiding it. She knew some, but she, you know, she was okay. And she went and she decided to take a class at the local high school. And, um, afterwards I discovered that this teacher was known for being very strict and a lot of the kids did not like him, but good thing. I guess I didn't know that before because it turned out to be a 
perfect teacher for her. She just took that class, that one class and homeschooled the rest of it. Cause she, that was her choice is just like what you're saying. Oh, it's so hard to let them go. <laughs> uh, and it turned out to be fantastic. Cause all of a sudden something about that teacher clicked with her and she realized, Oh, I can do math. And she learned all that math that year. And she was a year behind. And then in the next two years, she learned like three more years of math because she wanted to, she didn't love it or anything, but she wanted to. And it gave her kind of a rush to that. All of a sudden she could do something hard. And then when she went to college, she actually considered majoring in math teaching to help people <laughs> like her. She didn't, but <laughs> I was like, who is this child? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah. And, and I think if we can realize that when a kid is ready and willing, they can learn anything that they need to, and they can learn it really fast. It doesn't have to take six years, 12 years of nagging our kids to do math because they can still learn it when they need to. And wow, that was so relieving to figure that out. It is. And yet I think our moms, they're just like, I really think, well, one thing you take this phone and they're comparing themselves to everyone's highlight reel instead of just relaxing. But it really is. The things moms are always asking me is either they don't feel they're confident in whatever they're doing or they feel like they're not doing enough or they're overwhelmed. Those are the three biggest things. And I'm just like, whatever you are doing is enough. If you are just building relationships with your children, that is enough because that will get them so far. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard the statistics, but oh gosh, it's probably about eight years ago. I was speaking at a conference and Hunter and I had been talking about eating dinner together. And I, that's one of my soapboxes. If you're not eating one meal together, you need to change who you are. Cause that's the whole point. Your home's like, do something together. And he, right as I was getting ready to go speak one of those days, he sent me a text and it was a book he was reading. And it says the number one indicator of academic success is eating dinner as a family. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday about having like eating a meal together, eating and drinking and feasting and inviting people over and being around the table. And he also said that all over again, that it is an indicator of academic success for your kids as well. So I'm just like, you know, you can push, 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 but maybe if you just spent time together and had a conversation and thought critically and made decisions together as a family, then that might um, help your kids even more than going through some textbook. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Because I think what happens is we tend to get really focused on checking off all the boxes for the academics. And that is stressful because what we're trying to do is basically leading a horse to water and trying to make them drink when they don't want to necessarily. <laughs> I mean, sometimes maybe, but you know, <laughs> you can't, you just can't make them do it. You can't make them learn unless they're ready and willing to. And in that case, you don't have to make them because they're ready and willing. And it takes so much of the pressure off if we do realize that our biggest job is really just building relationships with our kids and encouraging them and guiding them on their path. And when they get sidetracked, we can redirect and help them get back up and, and keep moving forward on whatever they're choosing to do. And yeah, building that foundation first is makes it so much less pressureful for mom. 
So, so true, you know? And plus, the other thing you mentioned at the beginning, People don't want their kids to fail. I didn't want my kids to fail. I didn't want them to not get picked for the basketball team or whatever. And yet, um, it's when, when we're going through premarital counseling, our pastor used the illustration, goes, I want my children as teenagers to make some mistakes and fail because I'm right there with them and I can walk with them and guide them through all of that. And so it just gave me a whole different perspective about making mistakes. And we do want our, I mean, it's hard. I don't know about y'all, but I didn't want my kids to make mistakes or have failures because it would hurt me, you know, or if they weren't included. And I mean, my girls, when they were in high school, there were, um, there was a girl that went to our church and she was just downright mean to them. And we really worked through a lot of relationship issues because like they'd be at the mall and she'd walk up and say hi to everyone except my girls. And so we, there was a lot that they had to learn and it wasn't easy, but I also think it toughened them up a little and made them very sensitive to other people. So I think we think academics is all homeschool. And yet there are a lot of other things that we need to be walking with our kids through as well. Oh, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. I absolutely want them to fail when I'm around to help them and guide them. It's like, I know some, um, some parents don't want to teach their kids how to drive. (laughs) and, and they just say, you know what, when you're an adult, you can figure that out. And I'm thinking I would way rather have you be driving with me now so I can help guide you. And so, so that I do feel confident in your driving. (laughs) Not that you can't learn to drive when you're adult, but I just use that as a concept is like, I would much rather see your mistakes now so that we can work through them and so that we can learn together how you're going to get through the challenges of life, because that is part of the journey. It is inevitable that you are going to hit obstacles and challenges as you move along this path. So those aren't failures or because you're being bad or anything. They're there to help you learn and grow. That's the Mm -hmm. path. (laughs) So true. Well, and well, you know, I think it's Thomas Edison who built the light bulb. He says, I didn't fail. I found 10,000 ways to not make a light bulb. And I'm just like, what a great, I mean, it's flipping it, flipping whatever on the tail or the coin or whatever. I always get my little metaphors mixed up, but I mean, he's just like flipping the switch and he's saying, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just found 10,000 ways not to do something. And that's another thing I really do. I actually teach homeschool moms. I'm like, when you're correcting your child, be gentle with them and don't just say, I mean, okay, sometimes we need to say this is wrong, but like too often we're just like always negative, negative, negative. And we need to say, oh, or we may say, you know what? That isn't, that's an interesting way to answer that question or solve that problem. Let's take another look at it and then guide them through that, whatever the exercise is that they're walking through. Yeah, for sure. Because it's so easy to go walk into your teenager's bedroom and say, why is this room always a mess? You're such a mess, you know, (laughs) when, you know, what you could be doing is looking in and saying, oh, looks like we have a learning opportunity here. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think we can do to get this place looking a little neater? (laughs) You know, and not shaming them. I mean, that's always my intention. And of course I'm not always perfect at that, but if I can always just go keep going back to that, just saying, Oh, they're not perfect. And that's okay. They have things to learn. And, and I think sometimes too, we'll be like, 
I have told you a thousand times, why don't you have this yet? You know, maybe we're thinking that, but really, well, maybe they haven't learned it yet because they aren't ready or they're not willing yet. <laughs> and, and that's okay. Cause they're still on the path learning. And so that's so good. And you know, I, I've said this before. Um, so I'm 63 years old and I am still got problems in my life. And like I told you, I'm a person of faith and I feel like God's dealing with me. And I'm like, well, thank you that he hasn't given up on me or thank you that he's patient. I'm an adult and I'm still dealing with relationship issues and things like that. You know, so I'm like, so of course our kid, especially our eight-year-old that only has eight years of life and you're 38 and you have 30 more years of experience. I mean, we just need to put everything in perspective and do give people grace and patience as well. Yes, I love that so much because you know what? If I still have problems in my life, then I still get to keep learning and growing and keep going on my path. <laughs> and that's a good thing. God's not done with me yet. <laughs> no, he isn't. <laughs> We're still on this earth. <laughs> and I think too, you bring up a good point too, because we're on this path and as parents, we're still learning and growing too, which means that as we're figuring out this too, maybe we can give our own kids a little more grace too, because we understand how hard it is. There's probably things we've been told a thousand times that we don't still have yet either. <laughs> so yeah, this is good stuff. And this really is all about the hero's journey. And when I saw that you were putting on a summit called homeschool superheroes week. Wow. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to figure, figure this out and see if I can get in and speak at that summit. But either way, I'm just like, this is awesome because I love talking about heroes and I'm not the only one. <laughs> this is true. You know, when I saw, I think it was in a conference this spring and I was looking at some of the speakers. I was like, Oh my goodness, there's someone that has heroes in it. I have got to go find this person. And you had already found me and sent a speaker proposal in, and I didn't know it. And I was still bothering you. I'm not bothered, but I was like, hey, I've got this thing because I hadn't really looked at the list. I was just sort of waiting until it got the deadline, and then I'd go look and see who was there. So, anyway, I just thought perfect connection between that's your what I thought. Superheroes. <laughs> so, yeah, tell it. Tell our audience more about this summit that's coming up because I, I'm I was only going to do one summit, but then I saw this one. And I was like, "Got you." <laughs> uh, well, you know, we. Um, I will say back in about 2010 or so, I ran five years worth of homeschool superheroes week. It was a lot. It's very different. It was all audio, and my my girls actually interviewed these people as a homeschool graduate. But then about three years ago, I decided to bring it back, but do it more like an online summit where you could actually see there would be videos and all sorts of things. And so we just went with the homeschool superhero theme that we already had, but we just sort of upgraded it. And so now what we do is we've got two weeks of early bird, and then we've got a week of the homeschool summit. Right now we've got over 40 speakers. I don't even know how many sessions. But um, we, it's just a chance to have a back to school and one of, encouragement. One of our biggest, I guess, what people tell me afterwards, because this will be the third year we've done our new version, and we even have a newer version because we're adding some fun things to this year. But um, one of the things is 
oh, this is so encouraging. Or if they're still feeling like they don't know how to teach writing or math or they have special needs kids, they can sort of get a quick fix right before the school year starts. And so we do it, I want to say it's August 22nd around then at the very end of August. And it's just a fun, fun time. You get to interact with the actual speakers. You can get your actual questions answered. Some of the some of the sessions are recorded. Some of the sessions are interviews. And then some of the sessions will be going live during the week. I let the speakers choose how they feel most comfortable. But no matter what, we have a community group. Right now it's about 6,000 people. And that doesn't mean they're all gonna be there that week, but there's a lot of interaction. And the speakers have the opportunity to come in and see what your questions are and be able to help you with whatever. And so I'll just say some of the topics are not the sessions. I'll tell you, the, the keynote speaker is Andrew Pudawa with Institute for Excellence in Writing, IEW. We've been friends, oh my gosh, for 20 or 25 years. and. Um, I'm not going to get this completely right, but something about, I wish I had the, oh, wait, you know what? I think I do have the title. Here we go. Conquering Corrupt Culture by Raising Christian Communicators. You know, you think about our culture now, no matter what you think about everything going on right now. I mean, let's just say Ukraine is a perfect picture of all the corruptness. And then we all have different values here in the United States of what's going on. I'm not going to get political on you, but we do live in a culture that's sort of upside down and doesn't know what they're doing. He's going to talk about this. And like I said, I am a person of faith. So he's talking about how we can raise Christian communicators to actually conquer our culture and try to get us back on track so that we are, you know, um, not so corrupt and we don't have so much evil we can actually be a light to those around us so there's that and let me just jump in there too because i think it's so important for us to learn how to be articulate about standing for good in this world because the world is turned upside down and there's a lot of weird stuff (laughs) going on i mean whatever your belief is you probably think there's belief and recently i was reading 1984 and in that book they talk about how they have a hate week so they just get everybody all riled up and i'm like we're just having hate all the time all the time So, yeah, that is such an important topic to learn how to communicate well when there's so much hate and going on. And, and it, it's so good to be articulate about your beliefs. I agree. And if you've never heard Andrew speak, I mean, he is just phenomenal. And he is always one of our favorites of our moms that are there. And so um, anyway, that'll be a live session. So you can actually get on Zoom and listen to them and we'll have question at the at Q&A at the end as well. And then um, I don't know the order of anything, but we've got a whole category of homeschool subject areas, homeschool encouragement, parenting, faith and discipleship. We have um, special needs. We have a whole section on Charlotte Mason and relaxed homeschool, which I know Molly knows a lot. I'm sure she talks to you all about. And there's one more um, how to homeschool. Okay. Like, you know, there's different things and oh, planning and organization. We have some sessions on that. So we really have a broad spectrum and we let people come in with their expertise of what they know the most about and be able to share them with homeschoolers. And the coolest thing is you could come for free for the whole week. So 
Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm so excited for that. And I get to speak about how to guide your kids on their hero's journey. So it's a little bit about what we were talking today. And then also how to get everything done because it's a balancing act or <laughs> feels that way. I just yesterday I was talking to some of the women in my community. I was like, do you ever just feel like your to-do list is like whack-a-mole <laughs> where you get one down and two more pop up? <laughs> so yeah, we, we talk about that and, and how we can manage all that and we can still stay sane and happy and keep moving forward. So true. I will tell y'all just a little bit. You really can come for free because some people are like, really? How does that work? So let me just, if you don't mind me, just take a second and tell them. So if you, if you're on a tight budget, we don't want to, uh, you know, I believe in serving. My whole goal is to help homeschool moms. Um, Yes, I have a business, but um, I want to be there and journey with you in wherever you are in your homeschool journey. So you can actually come for free. You get the entire swag bag. It's usually worth about seven or eight hundred dollars worth of freebies and discounts and stuff like that. But this is how it works. If you come for free, you can come and watch any session within the first 24 hours. So if we put a session up on Monday at 12 o'clock noon, you have 24 hours to watch it till Tuesday and then it comes down. And then so you just pick and choose through the week which ones you want to and you just need to schedule it so that you can go in and watch those for free. You still have access to the speakers in our community group. There's all sorts of things like that. But you can also upgrade to what we call a VIP lifetime pass. And so you would actually get lifetime access. Some of you are like, that is too stressful for me. I'm not going to do that. And so you get that. You have lifetime access to be able to watch these whenever. You also have our VIP bundle. And I don't know how much that will be because I'm still collecting those items while we record this. But these are items that our sponsors sell in their store. They're not freebies you're going to find anywhere on the internet. Internet. They actually sell in the store and they're offering it to you for free during that week. And so you can go and grab whichever ones help you the most. And that's our VIP bundle. And I don't really know what else. I think that's most of what you're going to get to make a difference. And if you upgrade to VIP, it depends on early bird or normal week. It can range from $20 to $50 as far as an upgrade price. And I will just go ahead uh, and share Molly's link to make it super easy so you can get there easily. And that's homeschoolsuperheroes.com, homeschoolsuperheroes.com slash Molly. And you can read all about it and see if it's something that would be helpful to your family. Yes, that's so awesome. And I think it's so amazing that we do have the internet now so that you can actually go get all these resources for free, but then you can always upgrade to that VIP pass to get more time because I don't know, you know, when you go to a live homeschool conference, there's always too many um, talks and you can't go to them all. So I think it's so awesome to have that option because sometimes you don't want to pick and choose, but sometimes maybe just going free is enough. So to go get that encouragement and new inspiration and ideas for the fall to get going. So I love this so much. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I also have something in the VIP bag too, but I forgot what it was, but I'm sure it will be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I know we're in the process of sorting all of that out right now. So I should have looked it up, but I'll, I'll put that out there too, for sure. But yes, so it's homeschool superheroes week. No, no no week. week. No week. I just made it for sure. 
homeschoolsuperheroes.com backslash Molly. Yep. To check that out. All right. Well, thank you so much for hopping on, Carrie, and sharing your wisdom with us. And why don't you let our audience know where to reach out to you, too, if they want to connect with you? Well, thank you. Um, my uh, business is How to Homeschool My Child, and it's at howtohomeschoolmychild.com. And we have lots of free resources. We have some courses. Like this whole ownership thing is like near and dear to my heart. And I call it leadership. So we have a course that specifically on how you can raise your kids to be leaders instead of followers. Because I wanted my kids to lead and think and make decisions. It is from a Christian perspective, um, but you can still use the principles no matter what. We have three-step process on how to get your kids to think critically in high school just by reading a book and writing with it. So um, anyway, there's a lot of stuff in there. There's unit studies. There's um, We have drama-free mom bundles and all sorts of things you could go look at. But um, again, I'm all about serving. If you get on that, um, that website, you'll probably find our Facebook group. Like I said, it's a very safe place. I have moms like, I'm going to ask my questions in your group because I know people aren't going to bash me down and I feel comfortable sort of exposing myself or being transparent. So that's at Facebook. Um, and you could just look up how to homeschool my child and there's a group and that's the name of it. So anyway, those are just a few places that you can get to me. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciated you taking time out to come have a chat with me. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.